I think we need some hard liquor. Yeah. Phil, I told you to smoke a J before, and then you said it was too early. I bet you wish you would have. Definitely. Or would it have made it a lot more confusing? Can it be any more confusing? I don't you know. I mean, maybe with some weed. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it would have made sense with some weed. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. it makes sense now because she was a nun the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. Although yeah. we were done with the twist last time. You know, <laughs> and I joked the last episode, that, um, the Patreon episode, that like I wanted Bruce Willis the whole time. And you got it. But I didn't want this Bruce Willis. <laughs> Welcome to the Charles Cinecas. Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. And this is a bonus edition. Of the Pot Charles Cinecast on Patreon. I'm your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my jailbreak boy, my little jailbird baby boy. My, your fidgety boy. <laughs> fidgety you touching boy. Things. Touching everything, playing with anything that can make some noise that I have to edit out. Wait. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Phil, what's up, Phil? Phil? How's it going? Gotta do something. It's all right. <laughs> Hanging out. You know, I'm just. I, See, I got my coffee. I didn't have to wait two hours, go to Rome, do some shit in the Vatican just to get a fucking cappuccino or whatever. I made it at home. (laughs) I was sitting there (laughs) with Julia and our flatmate the whole time. We were just like, this whole film's just going to like end with him finally getting his coffee, right? That's just all it is. That's all it's really about. And it's all an innuendo, right? For him finally getting to have sex as well. Because that's another thing that he didn't do throughout the entire film. And he kept talking about it, and then he finally probably does with, with, with Andy McDowell. With Andy McDowell. Yeah, he definitely got some in prison. I think he's just being cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just a bit too defensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, there was a couple lines of which were like ten years in prison, like, definitely homophobic. You know, like oh yeah, a lot so of he's it. just trying to keep his like masculine exterior. Make no mistake, Bruce is a straight man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't even remember what the line was, but there was some line early on that, like, I was just like, I almost said that exact same thing. I was just like, yeah, Bruce Willis is straight, guys, because he's straight. You know, because otherwise, that'd be gay. Like, that'd oh. Be gay. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, this bonus edition of the Patrols in the cast here on Patreon, and I might le- release it on the main timeline if i feel like it was a special request from our longtime listener and longtime patreon backer malcolm marr we finally malcolm. got around we're finally doing it sorry sorry malcolm. it's jonathan's fault somehow <laughs> yeah it's somebody's fault i don't know but hey you listener there yeah you yeah you're listening if you'd like to have your own bonus episodes you can become a good bagel boss over at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast for only $25 or was it 20 pounds for one month only. And then you pop me a message and you say, I want you to talk about this film. Watch uh, this shit. Watch <laughs> this shit and talk about it. And we'll eventually get around to it. Just like we're eventually getting around to this. The hop. Past episodes include... The Garbage Pell Kids? Uh, the Ewok that's... movies? Uh, Legend? <laughs> and Robocop. There was one good movie in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've been beating around the bush. Tell the listeners what film Malcolm requested us to cover. Hudson Hawk. Fuck. <laughs> Fly like a Hudson. <laughs> 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 That's a better song than the shitty song they wrote for this fucking movie. Sad bastards. <laughs> oh, hey, what is that? Girl, can I ask you a question? How do I look? Like a fraternity thing? <laughs> I just got out of jail yesterday. I didn't want to steal anything. I didn't want to go to Europe. All I wanted was a cappuccino. You still think you're the greatest cat burglar that ever lived? You are one hell of a thief. Hudson Hawk is an evil, evil man. I'm just some guy that's good at swiping stuff. Eddie, we're hanging off a castle in the middle of Italy, and you're asking me how you look? 
Okay, okay. You don't gotta get tangled about it. Look gorgeous. You look like a Zorro. Well, I didn't know. Buongiorno. Yeah, buongiorno. Maybe you could help me. I'm being blackmailed into robbing the Vatican by a psychotic American corporation and the CIA. I don't, uh... <laughs> you don't speak English? You have very beautiful eyes for a man. I got a bad feeling. I can't even swim. Hell, Paul will probably kill you. Da -da -da. Oh, we ain't got a Oh, I was afraid you weren't gonna drop by. You made me ragged and funny. You want to know something, Eddie? What? You hit like a girl! Yeah. You started the week by stealing the sports stuff and ended by swiping the codex. Yeah, but what are your plans for the weekend? Hosting away the Coliseum? Can't we just go back to the kissing part? Life doesn't get much better than this. All right, let me break it down for you. I'm trying something new here. All right. Thief extraordinaire Hudson Hawk, played by Bruce Willis, has just been released from prison, and all he wants is a nice cappuccino. However, before he can savor his favorite beverage, he is blackmailed by various entities, including his parole officer, the minor Mario Brothers Mafia family, not to be confused with the video game, one of which is played by Sly Stallone's brother, Frank. That should tell you everything you need to know about this movie. Yeah, and I haven't even gotten to the crazy shit yet. Yeah. Also, he's blackmailed by the CIA, led by James Coburn, and a bunch of agents using the names of candy bars as code names. Yeah. And we can't leave out the highly eccentric and wealthy Darwin Mayflower, played by Richard E. Grant, and his equally odd wife, Minerva, played by Sandra Bernhardt. Oh, I thought they were siblings. Oh, no, they're, they're married. It's weird. <laughs> and uh, they all, I don't know who starts it, and I don't know who really is in charge Anything. here, but they're all blackmailing <laughs> Hudson Hawk into an ambitious series of heists with his partner, Tommy, five-tone Messina, played by Danny Aiello. Soon, Hawk <laughs> is stealing no less than major works by Leonardo da Vinci, priceless pieces that within hold parts to make some sort of gold machine work that the Mayflowers <laughs> plan to use. They are planning to use alchemy to turn lead into gold and fuck the world's economy. And somehow yeah. the CIA is involved, although they're not. Are they the CIA? I don't know. And the Vatican? It's five Whose people. Whose side are they on? <laughs> oh, and Andy McDowell is in it playing some woman that is at the Vatican who happens to work for the Vatican who falls in love with Hawk way too easily and way too quickly. And then you find out you she's not? actually just the nun all along. But she does actually love Hawk and he finally gets his cappuccino. Phil, do you think this is about coffee? You think this is about coffee? <laughs> think this is about coffee? Fucking hell. It's the 1991 <laughs> action comedy from director Bruce Willis. I mean, sorry, Michael Lehman, <laughs> who did Heathers. Written by Stephen E. D'Souza, but it was actually mostly written by Bruce Willis because Stephen E. D'Souza just was fucking there. You know, this guy, he wrote the biggest action films of the 80s, including 48 Hours, Commando, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, as well as writing and directing Street Fighter, which kind of sucks, but whatever. We'll give him a pass because it's yeah, kind of yeah. fun. But you have this yeah. guy here. He's really awesome. But Bruce Willis decides, yeah, I'm just going to like keep making shit up and keep adding shit to this film. <laughs> keep stirring the pot. Uh, and yeah. I have one of the best writers here, but fuck them. I'm going to keep adding my ideas. And it was co-written <laughs> by Michael Waters, just another awesome writer that Bruce Willis decides to say, fuck you. I'm just going to keep adding my shit to. He wrote Heathers this, alongside Michael Lehman. He's yeah. really great. But Bruce Willis fucked their careers up based on a story. This is a Bruce Willis Bruce movie. Willis and musician <laughs> Robert Kraft. And that story literally is they wrote a fucking song. Phil, hot takes out the gate. Hudson Hawk. What is this? What the fuck is this movie? I don't fucking know. It's hard to talk about. 
I don't know what it is. How am I supposed to talk? You know what I mean? Like, it's my first thought was like, all right, so this is Bruno era Bruce Willis, the return of Bruno. This is him just trying to get his fucking music career off the ground. And he's using this fucking pseudo, like, 60s era, like, pulp story to do it. And I don't know if that's the best way to do it. Because it's mostly just him singing along to like yeah. old jazz numbers, and it's like a shit, even shitter <laughs> Baby Driver. Because <laughs> I don't like Baby Driver. And you know what? I'll flip it on you real quick. I think the only good thing about this movie is Bruce Willis. Dude, I mean, I think the only good thing about this movie is uh, is Richard E. Grant and Sandra Barnhart because they're the only ones who actually know what film they're in. No, I, I think Bruce Willis knows. Bruce Willis is doing fucking Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, oh yeah, he's doing, he's doing a, it's a comic book. You know what it's I mean? A com- it's a cartoon. It's a comic book. This whole thing's silly. And this is, this is what stood out. Yeah, Sandra Bernard is great. Can't stand Richard E. Grant in this movie, though. He's just like, crazy British villain! Ha! Big words! Hate him. Fucking hate it. I can't, can't stand it. And like Lemmy has just ruined Richard E. Grant. So it's yeah. like, I already <laughs> yeah, think he's crazy. Lemmy did ruin Richard E. You know? Yeah. So I already yeah. think he's fucking like an actual crazy person. Yeah. So him playing crazy is mad off putting. Don't like, don't want to watch it. He has too much screen time in there. <laughs> but the, the main thing that I was like, I, what happened in the 90s that this shit became trendy? Yeah. This like, it's, I guess it's a throw throwback to like, yeah, like 60s era campy comic book stories, pulp novels, also like old movie serials. It's like, I get it, action movies to sort of push there because the 80s it just got bigger, bigger, dumber, and dumber. So the 90s kept all that, kept the b- budget, but like infused all these movies with like this ironic self awareness, bullshit MTV indifference to it like too cool for it but still doing it and it's like but they're not funny they're not smart and they just fall flat they just become very nothing movies like it was this and like Dick Tracy and like The Phantom and like a good example but even Batman and Robin I throw up there as like actually he did he like nailed it he nailed what everybody is trying to do but he was like jumped yeah. full into it and was An- authentically that kind of movie. Yeah, another good example is uh, Last Action Hero. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's that weird yeah. thing where they're trying to fuck with Hollywood, like, you know, they're like, you know, it's a it's a big star who is at the top of his game. He can fucking do whatever he wants to, so Hollywood throws money at him. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't after this, but, you know, at the time they <laughs> yeah. did. And uh, they thought they could get away with it, and he decides to do this sort of like play on Hollywood. I don't know. It's like I'm trying to. F- I, don't know, I don't know what he's fuck doing. Fuck with here. like the norm of Hollywood, the traditional film or something. And but that's the thing. This film, it's like it was trashed so horribly when it came out, <laughs> and now it's one of these things where like people, like there were a few people who like loved it. But now it's one of those things now that like 30 years later that people are like wanting to try to like talk about how fucking genius it is or like, you know, or it was, it's not that bad. It's just like, dude, stop. I hate when they do that shit. They're going to do it now. This is Revision completely like besides the point. But yesterday, the fucking new Ma- Matrix trailer dropped. Right. So uh, I'm not going to say anything about the trailer. I mean, it's fine. I don't really care, but I just know it's going to like these think pieces are going to start coming out about like the the two sequels that are fucking horrible. They suck. (laughs) Revolutions and Matrix Reloaded are fucking shite. So like, I don't want to hear people talk about how like good they are. The worst things about the Matrix are always like the stuff with like the weird flying ships and like the weird the, re- the, yeah, real the real world stuff. shit that sucks like the best part of the matrix is the matrix shit where they're doing fucking crazy shit Kung why do you think and, those yeah. are the bits that are getting like you know parodied all the parodied time parodied in yeah. space jam but <laughs> in, in this fucking well not in space jam space jam like oh well uh, no no the new space jam yeah yeah sorry because the, the old space one. jam yeah, that was yeah. pre-matrix you know if anything matrix was like ripping yeah. off old space jam 
Um. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Right. I think people on that. I mean, it happened with the prequel as well. And like, I'm I'm on I'm in a yeah. different place because those movies were entry point to me. So I already have a different opinion than people who are 30 years old watching them and are disappointed. Yeah. You know, so it's like, but this constant revising history and it's like, just have, there's no objective thing to this. It's like they came out, people reacted the way they were, they did and we move on. And some people are going to like them. Some people aren't going to like them. And it's like, I get it. Some movies are like butchered by the studio and those movies I can see, you can make a case for, but it's like, yeah, I don't like people pretending, oh, they were great all along, <laughs> yeah. or they were shit all along. And Hudson Hawk doesn't really deserve to be anywhere near those yeah. sort of conversations. It falls right in the middle. There's something good yeah, in dude. there, I think. I like the idea of like Bruce Willis as a globe-trotting, like, 60s, like, cat burglar. That's what like, I wanted, Bruce. though. I didn't like, want this, it, like, fucking exactly, weird-ass, like... Ass, like story that we got <laughs> it's like conspiracy what? theory bullshit. exactly because when they started talking about like he hit the vatican and then they're like now we need you to go to the loof and i was like all right i'm down for this this like that's the yeah. looney tune style like we're just fucking going everywhere no rules doesn't matter but they don't they just stick around and they fucking yeah. storm a castle <laughs> while singing and it's just it's just that would have been i would have i think had fun with that like Bruce Willis swinging around and somehow being great at breaking into the Vatican. Like, I think National Treasure did it better. Like, Nick Cage played yeah. that character really well. So it's like, there's a tiny thing in there you can say, oh, that thing is ahead of its time. But also, but nothing there's, a, else. there's a little bit to it that's like, when I was watching it after I was done, and I was, it was it's a complete mindfuck, this film. It's so fucking weird. Like it's I like one minute the tone's going one way, the yeah. next minute it's going completely the opposite direction. It's just like it's that's, all over. That's the, place. the thing that turned but me like, off about it. Yeah, there, there was a th- there was a moment where after it after it was over and we were just kind of sitting there like what the fuck? Where I was like I don't know if I hated this <laughs> film more if I fucking loved it because it was so fucking bonkers. Yeah, yeah. left me in so the middle. Like, yeah, I don't know. But I will say this, Phil, and I was, I told you I was expecting you to be like messaging me or whatever while you're watching because I knew when you were watching it, um, just like five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> but but I, was, I was expecting you to be messaging me, especially at the beginning, because I swear to God, I thought we were getting trolled, or I think we are. I think we're getting trolled by our listeners. Because when a film first comes on, they have this weird storybook scene set to Da Vinci's time or whatever. And uh, where they're, they're using this yeah. gold machine and everything. And then what is this? What do we fucking have? A bunch of fucking little people like just swinging on ropes and stuff. And I was like, for fuck's sakes, another You're fucking right. movie with little people. It's like, <laughs> we can't escape. Do you guys keep telling us to fucking cover these films with all these like legend, the Ewok movies, both of them. And then fucking. Yeah, how, well, Howard the Duck. Howard the that Duck, was our own fault, obviously. right? Like no one. Yeah, garbage. Belt. No one requested that. But yeah, but still. Yeah, that was your idea. But then that yeah, was my idea. Fucking garbage <laughs> belt kids. It's like everything that you guys ask us to do. There's always like some little person. Luckily, that was just it. Like it, it didn't plague the entire film. But <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ! But that whole <laughs> opening, I was just like, oh, yeah, what is? Fuck. Yeah. I was just like, why? And I was like, this yeah. better pay off. And it done but it's I don't so care unnecessary about that <laughs> and it sets up this thing it's like you're not this isn't the vibe yeah. you're supposed to be going for it's not a fairy yeah. tale it starts off like book. fucking labyrinth or like or, or not labyrinth uh, like princess bride or something but it's got know, the like, guy from I recognize the voice and it's the Jake and the fat man guy the guy who used to vo- he used to narrate all the old cartoons yeah. and he was like a big film noir guy but he sounds like a big fat dude with a squeaky voice. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what? It's like, and then fucking yeah. the heaven and hawk. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like that pan out bit where you can hear the yeah. food in the- <laughs> oh. I'll have all the ham. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad we got past that. Yeah. It didn't come I back. I was really wanting like, just, you know, when I, I read, Bruce Willis heist. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I love heist. Bruce I felt so bad for 90s, you. That'd be kind of funny. Because I was like, oh, it's a heist movie, but not. 
There's yeah. like two heists in it, and they're both and shit. Yeah. He steals <laughs> yeah. a wooden horse and a book. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and then like the things they still just get destroyed anyway. Exactly. Because it's like they're not what they needed. It's something inside of it. There's a it's bunch like, of people right. getting blown up as well. Like that's what yeah. you were saying. Like it it tiptoes between. It's like it's it's like are you doing this surrealist absurdist? like self-aware comedy or you doing this like big old like naive action movie with like death and blood and explosions <laughs> yeah. and it's like not you're doing neither particularly well yeah and i thought look i thought we were being fucked with two more times one the fucking candy fucking cia crew and i was like they're named after all our snacks the Snickers and fucking Kit Kat <laughs> and fucking Butterfinger. And I forget the, the other one. Malcolm was like, these guys Chlamydia. love this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're named after you. And the fucking, I mean, speaking of the Matrix, the ma- like the Agent Smith twin that look like Rick Astley. Yeah. that are like following <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis the whole time. I just, Cook. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I couldn't, it wasn't good in, it wasn't bad enough to be good enough to me to enjoy it. There's moments, yeah. there's moments I fucking love that, like the bit where he's like he's uh, on the gurney, yeah, chasing yeah, after yeah, the yeah. ambulance. I love that. That's one of my one of the few lines that actually made me chuckle. Where he's like, "How's my driving? One eight hundred. I'm gonna fucking die." <laughs> and he throws the exact change into the toll booth. Loved all that. Yeah, there, there wasn't enough of that. Yeah, apparently that was like their most intricate and ambitious scene that yeah. they filmed in New York City. It, it looked really complicated. Yeah, because it was like closing down the outbound side of the Brooklyn bridge for five nights. That was according to Michael Lehman on his audio commentary. And then from 10 PM to 5 AM, they created their own rush hour with Bruce Willis weaving in and out of treacherous, but painstakingly choreographed traffic. It looked great. And more of that. Yeah. And the gurney was motorized and controllable. So it wasn't like free willing, of course, because that'd be fucking insane. But yeah, but yeah, that's like that stuff was kind of cool and it was kind of silly. I think like I read something when I was doing a little bit of research for this and it, it, it sort of makes a lot of sense. It's like this film could have been a lot better if. If it was just like maybe Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello being Running like the around, wise guys, yeah. you know, like yeah. the the smart wise guys, and everybody else was playing, you know, you know, they're they're being like the the silly the 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 comedy the comedy uh, duo, um, which they are, and mm. some of the stuff they say is funny. Although, albeit a bit like I don't know what the fuck Bruce Willis is like idea of like weird cultural touchstones or whatever are. Because he's obviously coming up with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and, and he's, it like yeah, the Nintendo references, yeah, the, the weird Mario Nintendo Brothers. references. It's like, dude, Old music, you never though. played the Nintendo, I'm sure. So yeah. you're just saying that because that's hip right now. A lot of dick jokes. Yeah, uh, the weird like, I I wouldn't have even gotten the reference if it wasn't for like the fact that I usually watch things with subtitles uh, because my wife has hearing issues. So we watch almost everything with subtitles and um, yeah, there was a, a, a line where he like says something like in the voice of Yogi Bear or Boo Boo or something. Oh yeah. Or, no, yeah. he doesn't Boo Boo's voice. Good one, he's Yogi. Like, he's like, yeah, good one, Yogi. Or like, yeah, um, I got you your stamps. Yeah. Huck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Yogi. It was something like that. Thanks, and it, like, I wouldn't have good noticed, one, like, I, you know, I, I know the reference, but I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have clicked if it didn't say Again, in Boo Boo's voice. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And I was just like, that's a really weird reference. And who is that for? Yeah. It's for Bruce Willis, yeah. who like, these are his fucking cultural reference Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And it's like, but then be that. Be a like period piece. Do like a Rocketeer fucking throwback movie. <laughs> like, it's an old pulpy story, but set in that time. And yeah. it's got this like Art Deco style and feel to it. Like, Bruce Willis is completely out of water, out of touch. Yeah. Is this what he thinks is cool? Someone <laughs> rolling around with a bowler hat, like yeah. fucking singing old show tunes? Yeah, like, it's so odd. And he's been in the joint for 10 years, and it's like, all right, Bruno, relax. I'm fine with that if that's just what they were doing, but it's not. Like you said, they're doing like five different kind of films in this one movie. Like they're doing like a big crazy action film, then they're doing like, you know, a heist, and then they're doing fucking like show tunes. It's Actually, you know what? It comes off as something that feels like it should be on stage. 
you know, like this. Yeah, would be, yeah, it's very performative. This feels like a fucking play. But yeah, what I was saying is this thing I I read and I think it makes a lot of sense is if it was like you know Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello, they're they're the comic guys, they're the ones that are being funny, and then everybody mm. around them is being a straight person, you know, like just being like yeah. they're they're foil. But everybody in this film is if, on, yeah. and, but except if crazy except for yeah, Andy McDowell. But I mean. Annie McDowell, I. But even she does she a little stupid bit. Stupid yeah. fucking dolphin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At the I end. completely forgot about that. You're like, yeah. what is happening? What yeah. was happening? But apart in that from scene, that, that just like yeah. came out of nowhere. Is she going crazy? Yeah, like what is happening? It would make sense if they gave her something, but they didn't even show. As far as I'm aware, I could have no. zoned out that they gave her something that made her act like a complete maniac. But then she just like went off the end, and then she snapped out of it. Yeah. She's acting crazy because she ended up saving herself. Yeah. Spoilers. But, but yeah, she's she's like great. I really like Annie McDowell, and I know we talked about this with Groundhog Day. Like I like her a lot, but mm. she plays the same character in every movie. She does. I mean, yeah. that was her like I guess her her specialty. Stick it was that and same full wedding. And I don't really like Andy McDowell. She's fine, but she she's she like she seems really disinterested in everything <laughs> she does. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And like probably right the kind of movie she does <laughs> i don't think she was it makes very sense. interested in this in hudson hart yeah. but there's loads of people in this movie that i'm like oh shit this person that person yeah. and it's like why are any of you here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like sandra bernard they're just like just do king of comedy again yeah. but without any of the substance underneath yeah without any of like the fear or like the creepiness behind it just you're crazy and then she gets a really like fucked up end. She gets <laughs> yeah. all She gets like total like David Cronenberg ending, like just total body horror melted. Yeah, by, she like, comes encrusted in gold and lead. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> that seemed a bit harsh. Yeah, like or she just playing with a dog for most of the movie, yeah. <laughs> licking her tongue out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Hudson Hawk began as the brainchild of Bruce Willis, who was. Like I said, on top of the world after hit performances in films like Die Hard and Die Hard 2, as well as delivering and others, <laughs> uh, as well as delivering a solid dramatic performance in 1989's In Country. It didn't do that well, but you know people were impressed by him, and mm. he was even climbing up the music charts with his 1987 no, album <laughs> Return of Bruno. Dude, actually, he was. Did that, it actually do that, well? fucking album was charting like it was like number four i think in the uk that's so yeah. weird like didn't and why did he go by a different name like nobody know this was that was bruce willis i don't know was that just the name of the album that was the name of the album yeah yeah but there was but you didn't go by Bruno. no but there was like a was alter ego? there was like a there was a song he did that was like really popular off that album i think it was a cover but it was like really really big so, all right i'll give him yeah. props then so yeah, he could pretty much do anything and Hollywood studios were willing to give him money. So he came up with the story idea with that he and his musician friend and producer Robert Kraft dreamed up that would uh, have him playing a wisecracking cat bur- burglar who finds himself in the middle of an international sh- shenanigans and TriStar Pictures was all too happy to take it on. They had uh, come up with this song, then they fleshed it out into a film, and it remains the sole writing credits for Bruce Willis and his partner Robert Kraft. But yeah, he he would only be credited with the story because Stephen E. D'Souza and Daniel Waters were getting the screenplay c- credit. But I, I mean that I mean they they I guess they they wrote the screenplay, but Bruce Willis apparently was like nonstop throughout yeah throughout filming yes. was yeah. like coming in with new ideas and Stephen E. D'Souza was just, like are you, you fucking write it then me? are you like again yeah <laughs> like more shit yeah all right yeah just do it you would give up yeah. after a while so TriStar was like newly under the control of Sony who had bought up Columbia and TriStar from Coca-Cola at the end of the 80s so <laughs> when we were talking about um the Ghostbusters, like that was sort of a big thing was the whole Coca-Cola owning Columbia and stuff and it created a bunch of shit with them. So now Sony owns it and uh, Peter Gruber and John Peters were hired to run the studio by Sony 
and they were known for spending a lot of cash, like dishing out a hundred million on She's renovating the studio's lot as soon as they kind of got hired. And then, <laughs> then they hired Mike Metavoy from Orion Pictures to run TriStar. And he, basically they told him at the get-go that Hudson Hawk was his top priority. And it's something you gotta make it's the probably something movie. he wished it wasn't. Like, you know, uh <laughs> Metavoy said in his memoirs that the production was already off notably off schedule within three weeks of shooting. Uh, Metavoy tried backing out, but he was dissuaded by uh, Gruber, who said that the studio had already spent $12 million on the film at this stage. Yikes. And Metavoy said that he felt that the movie was a disaster in the making from the first day at TriStar, but re- reluctantly, the uh, green light was given for the film. So <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be huge. Don't worry about it. 13 million. We'll make that in a day. Bruce Willis tapped Joel Silver as a film's producer. And Silver was looked at as someone who could help rein in things after producing successful films such as Predator and Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Although there was a little bit of like shenanigans with Die Hard 2. Apparently that was going off the rails as well um, with his budget and, <laughs> yeah. and like schedule. So I think they were already sort of like a bit apprehensive, but he, you know, he did lead the weapon as well. So it's like, it's cool. He, he He's Joel Silver. He knows what's up, but Joel yeah. Silver was relying on his plan that he used for previous films called the whammo theory. <laughs> whammo. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the whammo theory? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Joel Silver's chart that he credits to some unnamed Egyptian producer, which is probably just him because like, <laughs> He's, it's he's old, like, ancient, you know, <laughs> tradition. <laughs> he's probably like, you know, if if it's fucked up, if it doesn't work, then he just blames like this this Egyptian producer, this unnamed man. But if if it works out well, he's like, whammo! I did it! Yeah! Another one. That was me. <laughs> whammo! Uh, so the idea of the whammo theory is that like your, if your film is going to be okay, as long as you had an action sequence every 10 to 12 minutes to keep the audience awake. Oh, is that where that started? Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that in many books, and I've had to do that. Right, script. And it's <laughs> not true. <laughs> that, it's yes, not okay. Yeah, you're just like, oh, as long as it's not boring, yeah. it's the theory, yeah. right? And it's just like, but... Uh-huh. But it's kind of still stuck if everything else doesn't make sense, if your yeah. story is bullshit. And Hudson Hawk barely had, like, barely hit that quota. Like, what counts <laughs> yeah. for an action sequence? It's him just, like, falling on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Lehman was hired by Silver and Bruce Willis to direct after they both liked Heathers, and it was a bit of a cult favorite around Hollywood at the time. So that's where uh michael lehman was able to bring in daniel waters who wrote the screenplay for heathers as well so they were both a bit hot like you know at the time and uh yeah they (laughs) weren't so much after this film (laughs) like you know they still worked they still worked but yeah it it just seems like (laughs) it's a bit shitty like michael lehman is really nice he came to the cinema like a few years ago with um lisanne falk like for the special like Heather's anniversary screening mm-hmm. um, the arrow was doing and he was like super nice, but man, it seems like he just like got fucked over. I mean, I think like he knew what he was doing. He was hired to basically just like direct this film, but he knew that Bruce Willis was in charge. Like, cause Bruce Willis was like, you know, calling all the Bruce Willis, Yeah. And I've heard that many times from Kevin Smith to, yeah, other people as well. It seemed to be a running habit for Bruce Willis. Yeah. Well, in a blow by blow account of what happens with the production, uh, I, and I really want to read this. I was trying to get my hands on this chapter of uh, Richard E. Grant's autobiography called With Nails. He <laughs> de- he dedicated a whole chapter to to this film. Um, what? Where he, where he <laughs> talked about the ad hoc nature of the production and the extensive rewriting and replotting during uh, the actual filming with Bruce Willis running roughshod over the film's production, continually adding new and expensive elements to the screenplay and superseding Michael Lehman's authority <laughs> as director. Huh. So, like, I think it was just because, like, he and Andy McDowell both were like, fuck, like, you know, they're <laughs> making this film, like, good God. 
And what am I, think, I in? Yeah, like Bruce Willis apparently I think was giving him a hard time as well. Like where he was like, you know, how come like you know, you know, you British guys like well like you know always play these like bad guy characters and stuff. And it's like, well, one, this is like Hollywood's doing. Uh, yeah, you know, they're always making the British person the bad guy. It's a trope. you just did it. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, like he, he, I think he was sort of like I, you know, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't let myself do that, you know, like, I, I guess be like played to be this like bad guy, like, you know, like he was just like, well, you know, I think that's the difference because like, you know, I'm a character actor and you're just like, you're just like a, a movie leading man. star, yeah. you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds Ooh. like it's that sort of thing where because he just got off like, you know, doing Die Hard a few years before mm. and made his fucking name. Yeah, he's playing. He's got Alan Rickman playing Hans Gruber, so he's like, he's probably just seeing these like really good fucking actors come in, and they're British guys, and they're like playing these like bad dudes, you know. And it's just always he like, he's just yeah, like why would you, why would you do that? Like, how could you? Like, I know Bruce Willis. Why did you like, write a British villain? Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so silly. Like, um, apparently. Mark Kermode is a huge fan of this film, and Mark Kermode's like, God. like for years Awful has been taste. like been talking about how great Hudson Hawk is, and is always like one of the first people to speak up when they're you know doing like you know uh, revisionist sort of views of everything. And yeah, uh, apparently he met Richard E. Grant years ago, and Kermode <laughs> told Grant that he was one of the few people who liked the film, and Richard E. Grant responded. It was a stinking pile of steaming hot donkey droppings, and you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I like what you got again. Yeah, he's right. He's right. Yeah, uh, I, I read this about Sandra Bernhardt. So Minerva Mayflower, Minerva Mayflower's character wasn't actually supposed to be in the original film, but this came out because it was initially supposed to be like a single antagonist uh, meant for like a male actor, which I guess would have been. Mayflower character mm. that uh, Richard E. Grant plays, but Michael Lehman suggested casting Audrey Hepburn in the film. Oh my god! And the villain was subsequently rewritten as a villainess so that Hepburn could play that part. And they ball just- ball. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. I can't imagine Audrey Hepburn in a fucking film like this at all. Like yeah, a, especially on lap. <laughs> towards the end of her, like, you know, her career really as well. Like, you know, like she was much older in the early 90s. And it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but negotiations between the producers and Hepburn broke down. But Bruce Willis decided to take both villains from the earlier drafts and make them a couple. So that's where Sandra Bernhardt's character comes into play. <laughs> All right. I mean... Yeah, I guess one of the better things. She's one of the more interesting parts of the movie. She certainly so. makes it more fun because, like, when she's sure, on screen, yeah. she's very fun. Like she's fun, and she's not like she's like I said, she feels like seriously. she knows what film she's in. Bruce she Willis, I, I give you that, but he wrote the film basically, and it's his. He film, better so fucking he should, know. He should know what film. Although yeah. I don't, I don't technically agree that he knows what film he's doing because he's doing twenty five like, films. He's playing it, yeah. yeah. Like the bit where the guy's slapping him around, the CIA guy, yeah, who suddenly knows karate at the end. Yeah, it's like, oh, what the fuck are we doing? And, just, and they're fighting. Like, and going, whip, whip, yeah, whip, that's whip, where oh, it, my shoe. Yeah, that's where it completely like lost. And then he swings mind. from the car and I was like, this is cool. It's <laughs> yeah. like Batman. It's like, but you it's do so that Batman. movie, dude, with the shadows I was and looking, stuff. I, I meant to look up. If Bruce Willis was one of the people who was ever discussed for Batman and someone said he couldn't do it, because it's almost like he said, Fuck you, I'll do Batman. It's Hudson yeah. Hawk. <laughs> like, he's close enough. swinging around. Some of the music pieces for, that Michael Kamen did like sound a bit Batman esque. Like, yeah, very bad. It starts, and I'm like, Oh, it's like Danny Elfman. It's kind of, yeah. I see what we're doing here. And then it just fucking falls to shit. I mean, that would have been good. I want to, okay, I'll watch a fucking Bruce Willis Batman movie, not a knockoff Hudson Hawk thing, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. I know they explain it. It's a stupid name. I, I mean, I don't even remember. You can help me remember what was the meaning behind his name? 
Oh, he grew up in New Jersey, yeah. just like Bruce Willis. Never forget Bruce Willis is straight and from New Jersey. <laughs> Fucking hell. He just wants to be Springsteen, yeah. right? Yeah. I grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I forget Hawk is like what they call like a cold, like cutting wind in winter. And, you know, he grew up by the Hudson River. So Hudson Hawk came together. By that, you know, I could be called the Thames Pigeon. <laughs> Pigeon Do you know what boys. I mean? The, yeah, from the boy. <laughs> I'm dirty like a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Never wash. I just looked up and Bruce Willis was one of the like 10,000 um, <laughs> leading men it, around this time who was up in discussions to play Batman in 1989. So do we have Tim Burton to blame for this film? Probably. I, w- <laughs> I, I wish. I know Bruce Willis had had it a few times now. Like he had it. And with this, I guess, yeah. this was his own superhero vehicle. And, you know, he got it with the... Unbreakable. Unbreakable much universe. Much Even better. if it's shite it, writing, but it's much better. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk better. about those someday. We got to Oh, we'll it. get there. We got to Definitely. <laughs> like, so he's had it, but like, I... And I mean, it's not like he had loads of huge movies in the night. Die Hard 3 and Armageddon and Six Sense and lost the... What was it? Last of the Boy Scout? The one? last Boy Scout, yeah. The last, the last of the Mexican yeah. Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> but, so he had those movies, but it's like, maybe not Batman. I think he could play Batman. He got the chin for it. Yeah. But then I think he could have done something. Yeah. I see him as like the Flash or something. Like, just because he got that faith for it. Like, maybe he always wanted to and just never got it. He seemed to like that era of like storytelling. Yeah. He liked those cartoons and um, comic books and campy. This is definitely riffing off Batman. Yeah, you know, with yeah. the signs and the foiled the goons. You know, it's very Batman and Robin, but without Batman and Robin, just Hudson Hawk and Five Tone Tony, whatever the fuck his name is. Five, Five Tony? Tone. Five Finger Tony. <laughs> Five Tone Tony. Five Finger Discount. Five. It's right fucking yeah. there. He's a cat burglar. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, I, I really could go for Bruce Willis doing like a Batman maybe or something back in the day, mm. but for sure he's great. Like he's great. in um, in the unbreakable film and he's probably yeah. the best thing about it, to be honest. Cause like some Definitely. of the other, he's so quiet and restrained and him and Sam Jackson, obviously they like, yeah. they definitely anchor that film because otherwise it wouldn't be as good. It's a, like, <laughs> it's a, I, it's a great like we said last time like you know we did a we did old and we were talking about mm. M Night Shyamalan that like M Night Shyamalan has great ideas and like the idea of Unbreakable is awesome but the script is really bad and there's a Writing lot of fucking iffy bits in it or just bad deliveries <laughs> from characters and actors and like weird stuff but Bruce Willis isn't bad and he plays like a superhero really well but this is like <laughs> this is odd because he's not a superhero I, per se but he's like He's sort of a thief that turns into a crime fighter almost, and it's he really operates. Silly. He operates under the rules of a superhero where yeah. nothing bad can happen to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even and they make fun of it, like even Danny Aiello, I mean, Danny Aiello, like yeah. who survived the massive <laughs> explosion fucking, at the end. Yeah, was yeah that's probably what happened. Bad. The sprinkler system. Can you <laughs> fucking <laughs> believe it? Can you believe it? And I'm like, oh, it's fucking that, airbags. Like, believe oh. it. It's like. Okay, was that the movie? Like, and he throw, he looked at the camera, he throws the coffee, and it's just like, but that wasn't the movie. It's like I feel like we ended on a completely different movie right yeah. there, and to follow that train, like it's, he's making twenty five different movies here, yeah. so Bruce Willis doesn't get to shine in anything. Like he's kind of a superhero, <laughs> but he plays a better superhero elsewhere. Yeah, he kind of does comedy, but he does comedy better in like Death Becomes Her. Yeah, he's really funny in that. So, or even Die Hard, it's way funnier yeah, that yeah. than this. And it's like action, you know, obviously better, better in other places. There's no real love story. There's no real drama. And it's not fun enough to just be a, you know, throwaway parody. It's just, it falls in the middle and it kind of ends up being boring for large yeah. chunks of it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, yeah. I was literally lying on the couch. just like. If it's not boring, it's, it's like fucking bonkers. And then if it's not that, it's confusing. Like, or it's all confusing. that makes it confusing. It's hard to pay attention to. And it's purposefully confusing. Yeah. 
it's purposefully like it misdirects you and then it's like no this person actually they're working with this and it it's written to not who was sense. the cia working for who were they i uh, i was so confused because at one moment they were like it seemed like they were trying to get him to do the job but then at the other moment they were like against the mayflowers and then another moment they're working with them there was one moment where it seemed like they were against the Mayflowers, and then there was like he appeared. Then they're with him, and then at the like end. he appeared in the next scene with them. And he it turns was just on like, them. What? I did make no I couldn't sense. figure out no, what was going on. No effort to <laughs> <Yeah>. try <laughs> on their part, yeah. and then you stop trying, and yeah. it's just like, and oddly <laughs> enough, like I watched this back to back with another movie, both featured societies of the Cross Keys. <laughs> Yeah. Weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are the odds that they'd be, you know, they're kind of the same movie. <laughs> they both suck. They, they both suck. Uh, in an interview and in promoting his time traveling movie, 12 Monkeys, which is fucking God tier compared to this. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. And also, I really like 12 Monkeys. I wish we could yeah. have been talking about that instead. It's awesome. But Bruce Willis quipped that if he could really travel anywhere in time he would go back to just before production began on Hudson <laughs> and stop himself from making this movie <laughs> I think he got to make exactly the movie he made yeah. and just now he can shit Everyone, on it yeah you can't shit on a Bruce Willis you were like giving Your carte Bruce blanche Willis. you were allowed to do whatever <laughs> you wanted to here it was a yeah. fucking runaway train of a budget that just kept going and going and going there was like people having conversations with him and Joel Silver and they laughed it off like, oh, it's OK, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, and they just mm. fucking kept going. We can't what? fail. Yeah. It's Hollywood. Right, let's talk about some music real quick. So <laughs> the score was done by Michael Kamen, who did the score for Die Hard. It's a lot of people just like it's very incestuous, just getting people from Die Hard, getting people from Heather's, all this different sort of like. And you of made people. neither. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with Robert Kraft, who is just Bruce Willis's buddy who helped him write that fucking shitty song that it was, this fucking whole film was based on. That's a fucking red flag in the first place. You're like, mm. you're basing you a whole movie off of a stupid song that you wrote. Um, it's a bad idea. I don't know. A singing cat burglar. I just don't get it. it and that's not what anyone wanted to see. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> But yeah, like, so, like, Robert Kraft also wrote this song called Hawk Swing, and he co-wrote the film's theme with Bruce Willis, like I said, uh, which was performed by Dr. John on the soundtrack. But then you have, like, Bruce Willis and Danny Aiello singing songs. In the A film. lot. To be honest, like, I wouldn't mind that if that's what I knew I was getting getting into. And to be honest, yeah, I would have... I'm watching... I, I think Pink it's actually kind of a fun idea if... The whole idea of them singing these songs, it doesn't make sense because it's, it's, a, it's timing, it's timing. Right? But it doesn't make yeah. sense because there's one, they don't do it perfectly, and two, uh, it's impossible to time yourself perfectly, like to a song that exists that's pre-recorded, unless if you are a human fucking metronome. Like, there's no yeah. way that they could. Oh, it's five. But he has perfect seconds, so like I know. He exactly. has perfect time <laughs> keeping skills, man. <laughs> he knows how watch, long like Danny day and night is, night and day. Yeah. The Frank Sinatra version. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows. That's like if I called him, like this episode is going to be forty-six minutes, thirty-three <laughs> seconds. It's like what? Yeah. I was really confused though because I, I thought like, is this like? Are, is this like is some savant shit? Like, like because Rain Man. They didn't really like. They didn't really explain it until later. But fine. All right. I I'm fine with this. I would have preferred if they were going to be singing throughout the film and stuff. And that's cool. It's fine. I don't care. It's fun. There. It's their way of timekeeping while they're on jobs. Just be about being fucking in a heist. And I'm fine if there's some shenanigans going on and Danny Aiello, I mean, it's a bit tropey, but Danny Aiello turns on him or something, whatever. Turned back, yeah. Yeah. But what it turned into is fucking beyond me. It's so bonkers. (laughs) And to be honest, I'd be fine with the really cool, like one big crazy sort of action piece, like the fucking gurney going down. But it goes and it goes and it goes. Like we end the movie with them on fucking like Da Vinci's like, fucking glider thing and it's just like that's what i mean it paid off kind of (laughs) but why why did that need to happen 
Why did yeah. I have to see it? Why did I have to see little people make this fucking airplane? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just to see it didn't work back then and it don't work yeah. now? What? <laughs> what? He needs to get to that coffee place somehow, bro. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're singing uh, Swinging on a Star and Side by Side. And I think the idea was this was meant to be a nod to like Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. And... Then do yeah. that. That at least would be an admirable failure. Like, oh my God, remember that fucking Bruce Willis like musical heist movie yeah. he did? It'd be like, it'd be, imagine if that was like his passion project. He's like, I just really, I th- I would do, these are the kinds of movies I like, I want to mash them together and make something weird. And if it bombed, cool. At least he made what he wanted. This is just like, what the yeah, fuck are you doing? None of this. It happens like it's fun. twice in the film, really? Literally twice. And it's just like... Yeah, when they steal the horse, and then at the, the end, end. When they're like fighting the, the fucking... Trying to break out Andy McDowell. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, it's so weird by that point. Because it's like, all right, why are you singing now? That's like, I'm, I, I say this a lot about music musicals and stuff and like i'm mostly doing it as a why are you singing <laughs> like but like why are you singing why are you like that's why i don't like musicals because they just come out of fucking nowhere and just start singing and it's fucking weird and it's like what but it's i'm doing that it's a bit of a joke because i just know that's what happens in musicals but that's what this feels like because it's sort of like all right so why are you singing now like <laughs> but they always right. try they to help like, you work go with timing but it's just like just count motherfucker like like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you're so good at time. You just fucking count. At least do it. Because they're not singing. To get, they're singing in opposite sides of the yeah. building. They can't hear yeah. each other. They can't think with each yeah. other. And they literally make fun of him. It's like, you know, they invented this thing while you were in the can called watches. Yeah. It's like, how long has he been in prison? 10 years. I didn't see E.T. That's the joke. Yeah. And it's like, but, but you, are you from the 40s? Like, who are <laughs> yeah. you? You wake up in the 90s and it's just like, you think, yeah, the hats and the vests are cool. And it's like, it's like Bruce Willis, you're all, you were, you were cool in the movie, but it's like, you think you are cool? <laughs> yeah. And it's like. <laughs> yeah, you made yourself cool in the movie. But, exactly. Like, and, it's, not- <laughs> and it's the last, I think this is the last stand for the hair. Yeah. Well. That's what I mean by it just felt like this is like. Bruce Willis doing something and I'm not too sure he understands what his own I don't know what he's doing like cultural sort of reference points are and like he's just trying to do something I think he thinks is cool but it's like but yeah like this isn't cool man like in the 90s you're referencing Nintendo and shit but then you're going and singing these like fucking like duet songs with like who is that for like yeah, I mean, he'll figure it out. He's about to be in the coolest, one of the coolest movies of the 90s, Pulp Fiction. That was cool yeah. for the time. The Hudson Walk was not cool. That's what I mean. Like, why was this throwback thing trendy? None of them seemed to do well. Nobody seemed to like them. They're not particularly definitive of the time. It, if anything, it was anti what society was feeling and what, you know, it was a grunge. And yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you know alt rock and it was indie cinema and like why and you know the attitude yeah. era that's what people were feeling so hollywood being like fucking remember these old campy superheroes and i have i have time for those heroes like i love like zoro i love zoro and that was a good one <laughs> in the 90s and like you know I'll, I'll fucking watch a john carter movie and fucking lone ranger i like him i don't know why they make those movies but for some reason in the 90s, like Dick Tracy is better oh, than yeah. Hudson Hawk. It's fucking batshit and it's just as bad, I think. But it's at least, it has style. It has like a thing it's trying to do, even if I don't really understand it. It's trying to literally be a comic book come to life, like Batman and Robin is, where it's like the colors and the prosthetics and it's very, very strange. But this, yeah, it just ends up falling fucking flat and it, <laughs> it doesn't even use the conspiracy stuff well it's like oh so we're making we're doing like secret society conspiracy old world old history maybe you're tapping into like that indiana jones thing but that doesn't go yeah. nowhere like you don't really do anything interesting could it come down to a fucking book 
and some crystals. It literally reminded me of the Barbra Streisand episode of South Park. You <laughs> yeah. remember where she's trying to collect all three triangles yeah, yeah. and she becomes Mecca Streisand. And it, the episode purposely makes yeah. no sense. It's like Leonard Moulton is a superhero and so is Sidney Poitier and Robert Smith of The Cure. And But the plot of that episode is literally the same. As Maybe that was it, it's all design. over the place. And also, I probably, maybe by design, uh, Tarantino was fucking with Bruce Willis because it's only a couple <laughs> years later that you know you mentioned yeah. Pulp Fiction, and he was just like, "Remember what Danny Aiello says? You know, the invented watches. Well, here's a fucking watch that you're going to be fucking uh, wanting stuck the up whole fucking time. You're gonna. This is your your mission is to go get this watch throughout this fucking film, and it's been stuck That's up funny. your father's fucking asshole." And then also Christopher Walken's asshole for good measure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? It does. Oh, you know? man. Uh, it did have the song The Power in it by Snap because it's the 90s and we need like that fucking song in it. <laughs> yeah, again, weird moment. In case you forget where we are and it's just Andrew Bernard like singing weird badly yeah. over Which it. Which is, it's I got funny. The power. Like, like I said, she's funny. Sure. And that's funny. funny. Everything she does in the film is actually pretty funny because it's sort of like, I think she gets it, but mm. that song. Oh my god! How many fucking movies from the early nineties do we fucking need to have that stupid ass That's an awk was released in May of nineteen ninety one, and it was only spent three weeks in cinemas because it got railed by the critics. Because because of the production worries and issues with the ballooning budget. So this is what happened, apparently. TriStar marketed the film as an action movie starring Bruce Willis, you know, in vain of Die Hard. Yeah, I saw the poster. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the poster's amazing. It's, it's like that. really cool. But yeah, yeah, they were basically just like fucking around because like, uh, like yeah, they they like the audiences and the critics were just completely confused because when they went to see this film, it's fucking bonkers. It's confusing as fuck. And then also like, Bruce Willis is singing in it, and it's like only a few action pieces. <laughs> You're not going to make Bruno yeah. happen, bro. <laughs> it's only a few action pieces not, in it that actually feel sort yeah. of Die Hard-esque, but like, it's like yeah, they're yeah. the same thing that already happened in Die Hard, like jumping from a really high. Like They did that same shot Moving almost. slowly down yeah, into yeah. play. Like, it's just like you've done this before, and it's like, what? So the film only gross $17 million in the United States and Canada. But luckily it was saved by the overseas markets, which somehow oh, they loved it over here. Yeah, they did. I, I bet it, it killed in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, don't really get ruined. it. Look, because fucking Coliseum. <laughs> well, the UK audiences went to see it for sure because in like, it's worldwide total, <laughs> yeah, it's worldwide uh, total after you know, the fucking European markets and the rest of the world got a hold of it. It ended up with 97 million on a fucking whopping $65 million budget, which is a lot Saved. in 91, yeah. especially yeah, for this film. Yeah. Like, too much. Way too much. Bad. Like even today, I mean, that's more than like, you know, a, a lot of the films we've been covering uh, in the last few weeks, like very modern films that have pretty fucking like wild shit going on it sometimes and it, mm. and that's so much more so it's like what were they spending all this money on jesus christ like bruce willis and his home recording studio <laughs> <laughs> bruno uh, bruno i wish i knew any bruno songs yeah to sing. i don't i mean i just don't care yeah like life isn't long enough for me to want to put on bruce willis's uh music Oh, I thought that was one of the songs. <laughs> Life isn't long enough. <laughs> Which is a great title. Yeah, yeah it's a great title. It's better. I mean, I'll listen to Joe Pesci rapping. I will listen yeah. to Eddie Murphy partying all the time. I just can't bring myself to do to listen to the Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, me either. Maybe one day. I mean, we'll do those an album other people review. are really fucking talented. Bruce Willis. I, I listened to like one of those. I, it was the cover song, whatever it was. I can't remember what it was now, but it's not that great. It's not like he's a bad singer when he's singing. It's just like, it's just not exceptional either. So it's sort of like, I don't really. I'm only listening to you because you're fucking Bruce Willis. Like and Joe I much Pesci's prefer you as an actor. Fucking good guitarist and good singer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like surprising. It's like, holy shit. And Eddie Murphy is just fucking Eddie Murphy. He's fuck. He could do whatever he wants. He's fucking hilarious. He's like, yeah. Especially back then, it was like yeah. so funny. Could do no wrong. And that yeah. song in the fucking pop. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is this is a bit strange. But yes, for some reason the UK somehow like didn't heed the advice from American audiences. And we critics, were dumber back then. You know, left uh, <laughs> that left the cinemas three weeks or whatever, like after three weeks, and they just said, all right, fuck it, we'll go see it, whatever. I mean, it was a movie I'd probably go see. Be like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I and mean, then, if it came out today, you probably would. But I would watch the shit out of a Hudson Hawk too. <laughs> like, just to think, yeah. it's like, oh, really? All right, what are you doing, doing now? All right, yeah, yeah, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. I want to see that. Well, it received, just to double down. <laughs> it received three 1991 Golden Raspberry Awards. Oh, I thought you were going to say Golden for, Globe. I was, I was like, definitely to, paid off. Yeah. No, um, for director Michael Lehman, unfortunately, but it's not his fault, man. Definitely it's not, not his fault. Uh, screenplay and uh, for worst picture with additional nominations for Bruce Willis for actor best supporting act or sorry worst supporting actor uh Richard <laughs> Grant and worst supporting actress uh for Sandra Barnhart uh but those were just nominations and it also was nominated for worst picture at the 1991 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards so it was <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> The stinkers. <laughs> the stinking bad movie. Like, oh yeah, I wonder what that. <laughs> uh, but the, Phil, there was a fucking video game for this film. Oh, God, what you, there? You want to play it, don't you? I, I definitely want to yeah. play it. Yeah, I'm I sure bet angry. I sure bet the angry it. video game nerd had done it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's on one of those like free ROM websites or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's a side-scrolling game where the player is Hawk, and they must still like the fucking shit from the film, like the and keep in and time stuff. with the song. <laughs> and, uh, they're selling it from an auction house and also like from the Vatican. And then castle Da Vinci is, uh, has to be infiltrated in order to still the mirrored crystal things needed to power the gold machine. But then you have to like clash with all the, uh, baddies from the film. Mm. I mean, do you think it's better or worse than the movie? It's, I don't know. I didn't see how it rated, so I have no idea. Probably badly. Should we play it? Movie, yeah. We could do a, a st- not a watch along, play along. What do you call it? A stream? Stream. I don't uh, know what the kids say anymore. Yeah. Twitch. Should we Twitch it? Or we should we just like it. record a video of us playing it and see how long we get through it? And see Let's see how matter. people like this episode. <laughs> see how much Hudson Hawk they really want in their yeah. lives. I mean, because even me, I've already lost interest. Yeah, I've, I'm completely done. Um, literally, like with my notes and everything, and I really cool. bullshitted this episode. So I apologize, yeah. Malcolm. But this is uh, this is what you're gonna get for. Let this. me know. What, let Let us know. Did he say that? Did he love this movie? I don't know. Let us know. What I really want to know. Yeah, did we hurt his feelings, or did he like fuck yeah? I don't exactly. I don't remember what he said in his original message when he asked to uh, us to talk about this film. I think he said he had recently watched it and he thought it'd be fun, but I don't know. I mean, it's fun. It was Part fun, to, it was fun, fun yeah. to shit on. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, Holy. not good. Not good. Okay. Um, maybe thirty years from now, Phil and I having you know, you know, just seen it now. It, maybe it takes 30 years to grow on you because people apparently now are saying that they like it. So maybe th- 30 years from now, I'll be 60 fucking two and I'll I'll come back yeah. and I'll be like, this film is fucking great. 32 <laughs> year old me was a fucking idiot. <laughs> Everything people want to give this movie credit for has been done better. I was watching it and I'm like, I just want to watch Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Roger Rabbit <laughs> has the same like yeah. thing it's going for. Yeah got the really like intricate like film noir plot yeah. got the throwback slapsticky humor very cartoonish literally cartoon character yeah. it got that self-aware dark sort of sense of humor um it, it, it's, it's actually a period piece yeah. but it feels modern it does it way better way easy and it's just we don't have to try and resurrect you know Hudson Hawk and the musical career of Bruce Willis with it we could just Leave it to rest. I don't know. In, I think uh, we have a whole arc ahead of us that. of uh, oh, fuck. Of, uh, Hudson Hawk uh, video game playing. Uh, we got to listen to the soundtrack. We got to review Bruce Willis's music, like every album that he's ever done. There's a lot I of, think he only made two. I think, so. I think that's that's a big future we have ahead of us. <laughs> on an on a unrelated note, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> 
But before we go, I have a question to ask you. What's that? <laughs> Will you play Nintendo with me? <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery Main, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.